Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code STAPLE20. Welcome into another episode of Half Street High Heat. Thank you for joining us. I am Amanda. You can find me on Twitter at awhite7877. And you can find my, again, illustrious co-hosts. Yes. <laughs> Nick and Ryan. You can get them on Twitter at DC Natchak. And you can follow the pod at Half Street High Heat. Uh, we are doing this, as always, for the DMV Sports Network. You can find them on Twitter at dmv underscore sn and make sure to check out the website dmvsportsnetwork.com as well and if you would please subscribe leave us reviews communicate with us we always appreciate your feedback how you doing guys pretty good frozen strawberry margarita in my right hand nice show doc in my left you have been talking about frozen (laughs) strawberry margaritas all day Um, listen this there's a no judgment zone on cinco de mayo (laughs) is that how that works once yep. you have a frozen strawberry margarita from Chili's, uh, future, uh, future ambassadors of the show, right there, yep. your entire life has changed. Yep. Wow, life changing margaritas. That's yeah, that's exciting. I love you, Chili's. For, for our heater heaters out there, uh, yeah, we're we're working on uh, <laughs> yeah. Go special. to Chili's, tell you half street high heat sent you. Yeah, nice. You'll be taken care of. Nice. Drop, frozen... drop our names yeah. for VIP and, treatment. Immediate frozen strawberry margarita, right there. <laughs> out of thin air okay well we're recording late tonight so we're all a little punchy so you guys are in for a fun one okay ryan would you all bless us all with your weekend recap uh sure can the nl east is finally starting to take shape the top two teams are turning everything on while the rest of the division couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat the marlins they're there they've lost seven of eight they are the worst team at baseball at 9 and 24. Maybe next week they'll get their 10th win. And um, everyone, bow your heads, please. And moment of silence for the Washington Nationals because they are dead. I told you that last week. Just saying. You talked during the moment of silence. The Nationals have <laughs> lost six of their last seven series. They dropped three or four to the Cardinals and two or three to the Phillies. Nationals have the third worst record in the National League. Good night, folks. That's all she wrote. They're 14 and 19. The Mets offense had a really terrible week. 
Uh, they scored seven runs in the last five games. They are three and seven in the last ten, and also they good? gave up. Uh, it's not. It's not. It's not great, Bob. Um, they gave up six hits to Ryan Braun, which in 2019 is kind of embarrassing. You losers. Um, they're chilling a third place, which is where they're going to finish the season. They are 16 and 18. The Braves split the four-game series with the Padres, then doing as good teams do. Uh, they swept the worst team in baseball, slingshot themselves into second place, and they're starting to look like the 2018 playoff contender Braves again with the Dodgers, Cardinals, and Braves on the horizon for them. We'll learn a lot about that young team shortly. They are 18 and 16, and the Phillies have been able to take advantage of their extremely easy season schedule, about four series with the Nats. Um, <laughs> going from the Marlins, Tigers, and then ooh, the Nats again, has to be pretty hard for a team. I mean, three world beaters right there. Um, they haven't been as impressive as people thought they would because they don't have any pitching. Um, they have the worst wing percentage of any first-place team in baseball, but they're doing whatever they have to, and they've been first place the entire season at 19 and 14. All right. Well, that and was depressing. It. <laughs> it's life. I'm just I'm, – I'm not over the fact that I talked in a moment of silence. Yeah, it's terrible. Re- it's really wow, rude. Just, just in the corner. really disrespectful. I don't even know what to say to you right now. Well, I got to say, as depressing as the Nats have been, and they have been, other than two games ago, the nice, I wish we had done this pod after that win instead of after today's loss, but um, I'm not ready to declare the season over yet, but after this road trip, if they don't turn it around, then I'll probably get there, but right now, Mm -hmm. I just feel like they, as, as lousy as the NL East has been, as far as you know, record for the teams. I, they're they're not that far out right now. That if they could get themselves right, get some of the guys back off the DL, refuse to call it the IL, then hmm. I, I you know I don't I'm not ready to declare everything over with yet. But I'm creeping closer. Like, I guess that you kind of answered my question. Like, what inspires you that this team is going to turn it around? Only getting guys back. I don't think the guy, what but we were they were losing now. when they were healthy. They and were, the guys are only going to get hurt again. That's always <laughs> what happens. That's true. But to me, turn Turner's loss was huge. I think that, you know, that happened very early in the year and we haven't really seen what this lineup can look like healthy yet because Turner's been out pretty much the entire season. And Did you see what the lineup looked like today? <laughs> <laughs> that one was actually one for the ages. I was like, I actually bookmarked that. I'm like, I'm going to want to talk about this on this podcast a year or two from now. About Remember that one game where we had that? Hopefully it's just that one game. I mean, we'll be rebuilding at that point. So, <laughs> Shut up. Anyway, I also think Rendon's supposed to be back Tuesday, which gives me some hope. He was tearing it up before he got hurt. He was. And uh, yes, Turner some, should be some back. Some idiot in a couple dropped Rendon in my fantasy baseball league. What? what? <laughs> wow. Wow. I, I don't know what to say about that, but I just think that does give me some hope. I think that Turner will be back hopefully within a couple weeks. We're going to have Rendon back next week. I don't know if it's going to be too little too late, but I don't, I'm not ready to, to leave them dead in the water yet. Well, this is the make or break part of their schedule. Um, if they lose these next two series, they will be done. Yeah, like there's, I think there's no other way about depending it. on what the Braves and Phillies do, because this division is not near. Everybody predicted this was going to be the, the best division in baseball, and that has not proven to be the case at all. I didn't. Well, a lot of people did. And uh, I think that if they can get if they can get healthy and the rest of the division does them a favor by not doing as well as 
as they could, then, you know, if, if they can just come out of this road trip treading water, then I think it'll be okay. If they continue to lose three, you know, two out of three, three out of four, there's, then they'll be done by the time this road trip's over. So what's your definition of treading water? I would say not dropping further back from where they are right now in the standing. You know, so in staying the, five games under 500. It's five games under or better. If they drop below <laughs> that, I would. Well, I guess five games back in the Phillies, right? That's what we have. Yeah, five, yeah. five games back. Or five I guess first back. Place, But five games back on the place. 5th of May is, you know, like I said, as much as this sucks and it's, it's not no a fun life to watch sentence. them right now, it's not yeah. a life sentence. There's a lot of baseball left to be played. I mean, my World right. Series pick, the Chicago Cubs are in first place. Yeah. You changed it. You know, we have a, a family friend who was here for our Cinco de Mayo dinner tonight, and he's a Cubs fan. And he walked in the door, and the first thing he said is, did you see the Cubs are in first place? And I was like, you know what? You can get right back out of here. You wow. just turn right wow. around and walk wow. away. Well, wow. my other World Series pick, San Diego Padres, won on walk-off <laughs> Grand Slam. So, I mean, incredible. Wow. Oh, God. Wow. I guess, I guess if I were to put on my rarely worn – not broken in new era optimistic cap. Um, the thing with the NL East last year was that no one really pulled away from each other. So in theory, the Nats don't have to do that much to, to put themselves in first place or at least ahead of everyone else, even if they're not a legitimate first place team compared to all the other divisions. So I guess if you want to look at it that way, there's an argument because the NL East is kind of, structured uh the same way as it was last year where a very seemingly average team can win yeah there's a lot of parity i think in this division marlins accepted of course and the nats obviously are horribly underperforming right now but they have a very talented roster and if if we can get everybody healthy and hopefully get a lineup that doesn't change every damn day then you know i'd like to see what this team can look like hopefully oh, the hope i have is that they're not too far out of it before that can happen for it to not you know so that it doesn't matter so right and yeah i was kind of thinking the other day cuz obviously like the the future of the nats is robles soto keyboom but like looking at the rest of the division it's not like any other team in the division's like their window is only one or two more years based on like the veteran guys they have every single team I mean, you can include the Marlins, but the Marlins aren't performing. They have young talent to be excited yeah. about. So I, I don't think, obviously, having Robles, Robles, Soto, and Kibum is, like, huge. Not taking away from that, but it's not going to put us immediately above the other teams when they have young guys like Pete Alonso, uh, Acuna, Albies, yeah. et cetera, like, those guys are just important to their respective teams, too. So, like, there's going to need to be more and we have it but it's just like you said they haven't been performing like we expect them to or like we know they like we know they can so it's just something's got to give something's got to click at some point yeah i don't expect that a team of that with a with this much talent is going to continue to perform this badly all year i really don't right. so the, like to me the question is just well Fair. the question though they weren't i don't think they were this bad last year but the the question is just when can they put it together and can they uh, this team right now though is not on an 82 game pace so i think also fair i think that if it's just a question of can they stay close enough until they can get get their crap together because if they can then anything could happen i think these teams are going to be pretty close i don't see anybody not even the phillies running away with the thing but 
you know, if they, if they continue to lose as much as they are, there's not going to be any hope, but if they can stay close, then I'm like I said, I'm just not ready to give up on the season I, yet. I just don't know that they can, because it was the same thing last year. And I mean, I don't know what your guys' opinions are like the team this year versus the team last year, which one you would prefer. Um, I view them as pretty similar. Um, and like, so when I look at last year and we had plenty of opportunities to get two games here or getting game there, like down the stretch and we didn't do it when I'm trying to think about to have that mindset this year, I, I'm not optimistic that they will close the gap or steal a game here, or steal a game there. I mean, we've like Ryan said, we've played the Phillies like this, is like our third series against them, third or fourth series against them this year already. And like, it just, we're not taking advantage of it and we're not taking advantage of the teams we should be beating either. that's a good point but so. tonight today's game is as irritating as it was to watch i had no expectation i mean you saw that lineup i had no, no expectation they were going to win today is like an exception i mean obviously when you have your three cornerstones or three of your cornerstone stones like on the il at once like yeah you're gonna have a terrible double a lineup um but still today's game is just as important as any other. It is. Especially when you're playing the Phillies. It is, for sure. But I, I also, you know, they've got their two through five hitters are on the DL right now. I mean, I don't know any no, team. No, like, I agree. Yeah. I mean, but, like, I understand it's a tough division. So is the, a- the AL East, and the Yankees seemingly have everyone and their mother on the IL, and they're still performing. They're two games back in first place. And yeah. they have an all-star team on the IL right yeah. now. Yeah. But they're two the, games back out of first place absurd. and the Nats are five games back. And while that they're is also a difference, five it's not games a huge over five hundred. Yeah. They're that five games is a big difference. The Nats have to go on a ten game win streak just to get the five games over five hundred. When's the last time we had like a win streak? <laughs> I think it not I'm, this I'm year. Dead I think it might have been when Matt Williams was the manager, I think. Was that remember they had that ten game win streak? I think that might have been the last I I don't think we've had a three game win streak this year. No, no they haven't won more than two games. Yeah, yeah, that's rough. So, well, let's talk a little bit about the uh, Lilliquist getting fired. Speaking of all of these problems that they're having, so you know the pitching has obviously not lived up to the billing. The bullpen had a really nice little streak going. I don't know how many innings was it? Seventeen, eighteen innings scoreless. They went for a while yeah, there. Yeah, and then uh, they reverted back to their old They college. did, but, you know, obviously Lilik was firing. I-, I welcomed it. I'm glad to see him gone. I think there needed I to be some. I won last year. But, I, you know, it's not enough. I, I think that the larger problem is is Davey, and I've, I've come to the point where I was slow to start to call for his firing, but I am there. I, I just think he needs to go. This team needs, this team needs new leadership, and yeah. no matter how you – you change around the the lower levels of the coaching staff, that's not going to get done. It needs to be Davey, in my opinion. Right. The the, uh, theorized uh, spark that Keyboom like provides or the front office thought they, that he would provide is multiplied by 10 when you get new blood with the manager position. Yeah. Like what you think Keyboom can do just as a presence um, as obviously, uh, increased when you have your changed and affecting the whole team and how things are run. So uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. I don't think that's a surprise. Uh, I put out a poll on the the Half Street High Heat Twitter 
saying, do you think Davies should be fired? Yes or no. And if so, when? And overwhelmingly, I think this is the most clear poll we've ever done. Um, they said yes, but also immediately. It wasn't. No, I agree. It should be now. Season. It wasn't at the end of Whoa. the season. If they want to, so. if they want to salvage the season, if they want to, you know, provide that you know theoretical spark of look, there's some accountability. What you guys are doing right now is unacceptable, and it needs to change. They gotta, they gotta do it now. And right now, the season is not out of hand yet. It's bad, but they they could turn it around. But, you know, if you wait mm. until the All-Star break and then fire him, you've you've lost whatever benefit there is to firing him in season. They, they're not going to fire him. That's the annoying thing. Like, especially with what Rizzo said the other day after they fired Lilquest. Yeah, that was perfect. Like, Lilquest was basically just, ah, we have to fire someone. Mm, we have an issue. Let's just get rid of him. Like, sort of escape. Yeah. Rizzo basically, sort of. like, yeah. I know he has to say it's Like, he publicly backed Davey, and he went on saying how he hasn't, had any instances of malpractice and went on saying yeah, like when the bullpen that's me yeah let's go ahead and read the whole quote here so that if there's any listeners who haven't yeah. heard it they know what we're talking about so rizzo um after a game yeah i can't read so go ahead <laughs> okay he said i can't find a lot of instances of malpractice by our manager to me you judge the manager by how he handles the game if it's a personnel decision that's me i'm the one who put the roster together that's my bullpen this isn't a resource issue. This isn't a decision-making issue. What we had at the beginning of this year out of spring training until recently, when I think they've finally gotten their rhythm and they're finally ready to take on the rigors of pitching out of the bullpen every day, is a performance issue. And the players are on the roster because I put them there. So my first out-of-the-gate issue with this is that it's his typical mumble-jumble. <laughs> That and the first sentence, he's like, I can't find a lot of instances of malpractice. I could make him a list. (laughs) That, yes, that and also malpractice doesn't necessarily or lack of malpractice doesn't make necessarily make you a good manager. And the fact he says this isn't a decision making issue. Yes, it is. There have been so many poor decisions, poor management decisions. Every single game. Just, yeah, basically, just because you're not doing something wrong doesn't mean you're doing something right. So I I just, I don't, I get it's, it's for the press. He wants to publicly back his team and back his manager, but I truly genuinely don't know how he believes that or if it, it literally is just for show and for the press. Yeah, it's a good question. And I, it seems like he's kind of falling on his sword here. And I, and I, yeah, and I don't basically. know why he would do that. I mean, obviously he did. There are some issues here. They can both, these two things can be true. Rizzo can have done a poor job putting the bullpen together. And also Davey can be a bad manager. <laughs> right. They're not mutually exactly. exclusive. So Exactly. So, yeah, that's an interesting thing that Rizzo seems to be all in backing Davey. And I, I think it's going to it's it's strange because I do think that he's going to get fired. I don't know if it's going to be in season or at the end of the year, but I don't think he'll be managing this team next year. He freaking shouldn't be. Do you think do you think Rizzo is doing this because he knows or believes he's tied to Davey as well? I, um, I still don't think so that's the case. They 100 percent are. And uh, I'm starting to think I, he's realizing that. I because don't know. I don't understand how you could be a GM and be given a $200 million salary and consistently underperform and not be on the hot seat. 
Rizzo's see now, I don't think seat. it's see. I see that's where I I have a problem with it. Is I don't think Rizzo has right now. I think there's some problems with the roster construction. But in the past, he's constructed a pretty good roster most of the time. And when that's there's the been, problem, yeah, when he's good. right, but it's the performance in the playoffs. You get you've created a roster that has gotten to the playoffs most years at this point, and they don't perform in the playoffs. That's not your fault. Well, right, his as the fault manager. is his being patient and just making the B moves while all the other teams go all on in and they knock Nats out of the playoffs. But this is a whole separate conversation. Right. I get it. The I'm just saying I... if you can get to the playoffs, then the GM has done their job to create a team that's good enough well, to get his... to the playoffs every year. The GM's it, job it, is to win the World only... Series, though, and they're not doing that. Yeah, that... Right. The right. GM's it's... job is to create that, a – That has to be – but no, that that that's not it. Like, if the GM's job is to create the playoff, like a playoff roster, then that's your ceiling. That's your end goal. Like, that's what you're satisfied with. That's not the the end goal. The end goal is to win a World Series. So, if you're creating just a playoff roster, that's falling short. Yeah, see, I see what you're saying. Every but single I don't time, think which can, has been our I, problem. I don't think that's the case. I think if you look at the 2017 team that got knocked out in the first round, then that team was that team was capable of a world. I mean, look at the the, the – talent that was on that team that team was constructed to win they had the talent to win they just didn't perform and what was the problem the, the manager so right, like the when, manager when, right but no that's what i'm saying when brizzo's gotten two three chances to handpick a manager and it see i don't think time after time it's not I working think that's a learner decision i think they're the ones he he personally handpicked matt williams and no, then after they yeah. were after he stood on the table for Dusty and they fired Dusty, he went out and he got Davey. Davey was the guy he wanted to. Both of the people he handpicked have failed, and that is going to fall so, on him. Yeah, the one exception, and we've mentioned this before, is Bud Black, and the learners under or just gave him a terrible offer, so he went elsewhere. Right. Um, but the point I wanted to make is like, there's not. To my knowledge or recent memory, an example I can pull from that matches like this consistently top tier payroll underperforming year after years. Uh, like the the one instance I can think of is the Red Sox. Like because it was the same GM, they fired their manager, obviously hired Alex Cora, and then they won. But even still, the manager before it, John Farrell, they won in 2013. So it's not exactly the same. So it, it it's hard to draw a comparison to this situation. It is, although I but, think that I if mean, Bud Black had been hired and that's who Rizzo wanted, then we're not having this conversation. Right. Yes, but the point I'm is he wasn't hired. Right, but that isn't on Rizzo. That's on the learners. They didn't want to pay him. I'm extremely patient and not wanting to give up these prospects when other teams do and they win World Series – and the Nats just gave up a couple of people and like, oh, dang, we won 90 games. It was a good season. The one thing I will say is that I don't think the learners will blame it on Rizzo because just the way they've been the past few years when we've had big decisions to make, um, they've always pointed it towards the manager. So I feel like they're going to do that again. Um, but – I, I don't think Rizzo's job is as safe as it has been either. Yeah, I hear that. I just I don't think that 
if Davey gets fired, that that necessarily means that Rizzo's on the hot seat. I think that he Davey could get fired and Rizzo could still keep his job. I think any time a manager gets fired, the GM's on a hot seat. There's a and, reason why their contracts both expire at the same time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if they were that confident in him, they would have given, given him longer than, what, a two-year extension? Yeah. So, yeah. I, I well, think I guess a clock. we will have to wait and see, but I, I don't think I don't think Davey's managing this team next year. The question to me is just whether he's fired now or whether he's fired at the all-star break or whether he's fired at the end of the year. Yeah. And I think we're all in it. And most of Twitter uh, is on Green Bay. It should be now. Yes, that seems to be the case. So let's talk a little bit about the injuries. I know we touched on it a bit before. Um, we've got right now Turner. Rendon, Soto, and Zim, all starters on the DL, as well as Adams, who was our best and most reliable bench option. Should be a and, starter. Uh, t- yeah, agreed. Um, Taylor also banged up. I know you guys love you some Michael A., so I'm sure you're all torn up about that. Yeah. So um, I mean, that, that list of people is just uh, – it's not surprising to see how badly they've been playing I mean, right now. I'm not going to blame injuries for anything because every team in the history of sports that's ever existed has dealt with injuries. To me, the bigger issue here is that the Nats lost two guys and their team became a triple A, like a double A team. They have no depth whatsoever. And injuries are not an excuse. And people keep blaming them. And I find that so freaking annoying. It's not an excuse, but it is an explanation. I looked at that that lineup they had today. I had no expectations they were going to beat the Phillies with that lineup. Well, they weren't. I going mean, it's to not anyways. an excuse, right? It's not an excuse, but it is. It is. You know, logically, you can look at that and say these are not guys who can beat a good major league baseball team. I I, I just I think the bigger issue is the fact that they have no one in their farm system that's MLB ready. They call up guys like Andrew Stevenson. That uh, I can't remember his first name, Sanchez. Um, Adrian. Yeah, Adrian he's that Sanchez. bad. Him. Like they had to call up Keeboom, but way before he was ready because they don't have anyone else to replace these guys who are MLB ready. I think that's the issue here. It is. And it's interesting because we just talked about how they don't like to trade away their prospects the way other teams do. So given that, they should have more talent ready to go in the minors. Yeah. I mean, so two things just to immediately piggyback off that the one time they did to my recent memory trade away one of their top prospects oh i guess eaton counts too but uh i'm thinking the doolittle trade they traded away that lefty whose name is escaping me um but the the doolittle trade clearly paid off even though mattson was terrible last year you got doolittle which was the point he solidified the closer role so maybe they should be more inclined to do that in the future but point being with Ryan, I mean, they have nobody right now. And if you had done that with Bryce last year, then yes, you would have recouped some valuable assets. Yeah, Astros you could have gotten have a, some really good the, prospects. Yeah, the Astros have a very good farm system. And even if you only got one top tier guy, that's still more than you have now. Or even so signing, it, like, some, sorry, I mean, to cut you off, but even no, signing some, fine. like, veterans to these, uh, these uh, minor league contracts at league minimums, a lot of teams are doing in spring training like a Cameron Maven, uh, Carlos Gonzalez, guys like that, your team would be in a Who lot. Can, that and, yeah, and even if you're not in the position down the line, they're still valuable trade assets. Or even the like, Curtis right, Granderson. Exactly. 
Yeah, I mean, just anything, anybody. And, I mean, it just goes to the point, like, they have no depth and no team in history has won just on their starters alone. Like, the the World Series MVP last year was a backup first baseman Mm -hmm. for Christ's sakes. Like, you need depth. And they have none of it right now. So, I, I don't want it to happen. But I think the right thing to do is to trade Rendon. I, I hate to say it, but because they messed up with Bryce last year, this is the position they find themselves in this year. I think the thing to do is to try their damnedest to re-sign Rendon. Do whatever you can to re-sign him. If you can't, if you're coming up on the trade deadline this year and you haven't gotten him signed, then I think there's an argument to be made that you need to restock But the, the thing is, like, if we do extend him, one that like takes a more payroll which I, obviously he deserves it I, this is nothing to do with Rendon it's just how we've approached the last few seasons it's taking up more payroll with our already loaded top three guys in the rotation and you're just dooming those four and the rest of the team for mediocrity for the rest of the contracts because you're unable to do anything else and you still have no depth like if you don't re- trade Rendon and get assets back you're still going to run into the same problem year after year after year, which is what we've seen since 2012. Yeah, that's a good point, but I, I don't know. If they can keep Rendon, I think they should, and find some other assets to trade. Yeah, we, have other, we have other valuable what assets. Other assets? I, I mean, who, guys who are you going to trade? But who are you going to trade that's going to get the package that Rendon's going to get? Nobody, but point. you could trade more than one guy who could maybe bring back something that's in exchange that's similar to what you could get for Rendon. I, I, I just I, I, don't I, 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 just I don't think you give up you just gave up Bryce for nothing and I don't think you and, should... and that's that's my point they they messed up so this is the situation it's either sign Rendon and just be a 500 win team or not win team but winning percentage team going forward or try to not rebuild restart what you have i don't know i think you can rebuild if you're going to rebuild if you can keep rendon i think i don't know i just think you should do it he's the only scary bat left in the lineup after bryce is gone so i don't know i wouldn't Um, give up rendon unless you can't resign him the injuries the injuries are annoying especially because they have no depth i see nick's point and a part of me is kind of leaning with that but i feel like if the nats lose rendon right after they left Bryce is an absolute disaster for this franchise. It is. And it, for the fans. I mean, you're going to lose I mean, fans. F the fa- at- but, like, for the franchise itself no and, like, for the product <laughs> on the field, like, I understand, like, it's a business. But, like, you can't lose Murphy, Bryce, I, I and mean, then Rendon. I mean, the, the, we have Rendon currently, and we're supposedly excited about this young team. And fan attendance hasn't been this low since 2011. So you can't tell me like Ren- keeping Rendon is like necessary for the fans when it's already hurting us, like with what we still have. Yeah, and but you so, know, putting the fan attendance stuff aside from a baseball perspective, if you lose Rendon, you're you're giving up. You're going into a full rebuild, and I don't think I you know maybe it'll be time but, for that by the end of the year. I'm I'm not ready for that yet. I think you've got too many good. And, you've got but, you've got three starting pitchers with an enormous amount of money invested in them. I don't think you start a rebuild right now. And, and But that is exactly to Ryan's point that he mentioned earlier. Rendon went down, and all of a sudden the lineup was just But that's horrible. not true. It was also You Trey. cannot win with just one guy. No, that's true. But Trey is also gone, who's a huge part of the lineup. And and that, I think, the two of them both being gone at the same time is not something they, well, yeah, they, those, were, those they were, can recover from. Those were the Nats' two best players. And, like, yeah. based on season, they were the only two good players. Like, 
Zim, I mean, losing Zim, like, he wasn't having that good season. Adams was been struggling. But when you lose both of them, it sucks. And then Soto's yeah. off to a slow start. But, like... But, yeah, he was off to a slow start, but now he's on the DL, too. So, it between... I just think injuries aren't an excuse, but at this point, I just... I, I still hold out hope that when they can get healthy, if they can get everybody back and actually have the lineup they expected, at least mostly, then then we're having a different conversation. I, I just don't think that conversation's ever going to happen. Well, I guess and time that's will not tell. me trying Why, to be. You know, that's not me trying to be negative. That's just what has happened in the past like three years that has ever like change our opinions on this i feel like we've been saying this over and over oh once we're healthy once we're healthy we're never fully healthy no team is ever fully healthy no but no team is also generally as injured as they are right now the the yankees being the exception to the rule where they're performing even in the absence of some of their best players a lot of teams are injured every team's injured uh, but again their two through five hitters are all on the dl that doesn't happen very often this lineup wasn't very scary to begin no, with. It was not. <laughs> so, I mean, and that's the point. There's no depth. And maybe we'll just have to leave it at that. And we'll see where we are in a few weeks once this, some of these guys start coming back. But I just don't have a good outlook. And I love the Nats with everything, but I just don't have a good well, outlook. Well, keep I don't in see mind still that around. we'll keep talking about this, obviously. But it is only the 5th of May. So there's a lot of time left if they can, if they can get healthy for them to get right. Hey, World Series are well, well in April and May. They can get healthy all they want. That's not going to change the fact that they have the worst bullpen in baseball. That has given up 65 runs in the seventh yeah. inning or later this year. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a hateful number. And also, their <laughs> defense is atrocious, yeah. and nobody's talking about that. On the bright side, they are pretty close to a 6.9 ERA. Yeah. And you know what, Ryan? That's a great point. Their bullpen (laughs) is atrocious, and the defense is atrocious, and we should be talking about it more, but it's only about an hour-long podcast, and we can't talk about (laughs) all the atrocious things all at once, or it would go over time. So let's do something fun now that we've finished all of our our belly. I know. yeah, we've been so negative. Let's let's switch it up. All right, switch Nick, gears. explain to us what we're going to do here is a Nats draft of all Nats players in the history of the franchise. Got it. So what we want to do <laughs> inspire some. Uh, <laughs> Sound like me over there. <laughs> Holy shit, wrong pipe. Wow, this is a family <laughs> podcast. Watch your mouth. Uh, it's eleven twenty. It's, okay, it it's uh, half street after dark. Half <laughs> <laughs> street after dark. All right. So what we're gonna do? We've been talking about how we want to build this team, uh, how we think it should be constructive. So we're gonna put uh, ourselves in our own GM spots and have a Nationals draft. So the way this works, we'll do snake draft order. The order being myself, Amanda. And then oh. Ryan. Ryan will go twice. And then I'll go Amanda and then me twice and so on and so forth. We're on, only doing four rounds because, like Amanda said, this is only an hour-long podcast. But basically, it's what four guys we want to build our team around. The rules being it can be any player in that has ever put on a Nationals uniform and you get them in their prime. So it's not like what they would be today. It, it's just their prime – uh, average, so to speak. So it can be that anyone, anyone who's ever put on a Nats jersey. Okay, expos don't no count, expos. But no expos. So from 2005 
to present day. Any person who's ever put on a right. jersey. Ready. Okay. Ready? All right. So with the first pick <laughs> in the draft, <laughs> I got I got to do it. I'm going to go. Oh, wow. dang it. You took mine. That was going to be wow. my first pick. I, I had to do it. I I wanted to convince myself otherwise, uh, but listen, I, I yeah, need Yeah, and the did ace, you see that at bat when you pinch hit the other night? I mean, how do you not pick, pick Max Scherzer? Okay. Well, one, he had a better at bat than Michael A. Taylor. I guess that's not very hard to do. And two, he still <laughs> Yes, out, but so. it was fun in the meantime. It was a fun... Oh yeah, because fun wins ball. <laughs> hey, games. you know what? This team has been so depressing. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to build a World Series contender here, um, Amanda. Right you're on the clock. I'm not gonna. Oh, I'm not oh okay, gonna, okay. I'm on the I'm clock. I'm not gonna pinch hit my ace. All right, I'm taking game. 2015 Bryce Harper. That's my guy. If you took, if you took Max. All right, so I get picked twice. Um, I am taking sure. the best player in franchise history. The only man. Who is truly Mr. National, Alfonso Soriano? <laughs> uh, I was wondering when he was going to get taken, but but no, that's good. I mean, was a his one season with the Nats, he went forty forty. Best player of Are all time. Are you kidding me? Yep. Honestly, you could argue him for the first pick. Like, yeah, if you're if we get him in their prime, crazy. Then, then yeah, I'll do it. And yeah, since we're getting yeah, them in their primes, you gotta go pitching, right? And if I'm going pitching. I'm going the don't true Zimmerman. I'm going Jordan Zimmerman. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, my Amanda's team 100% taking rock because she said don't do no, it. No, I'm taking Chad Cordero, who had. <laughs> what? Look at his prime. Did you <laughs> see his prime season? No, I 47 know. That's saves. Not the, the I know. I, I know. I was for. thinking about, I was going to take Doolittle, but I'm taking 1.82 ERA, 47 saves. And it, it, he was spectacular that year. If, if we get to take him in his prime, I'm taking Cordero. Fair. Well, I mean, spoilers, but that leads me into my next pick. I'm going Sean Doolittle. Our problem has always been bullpen. So I need that lefty uh, in the bullpen ready to shut it down. I'm going Doolittle. Um, All right. Nat's favorite. So first pick of the third round. Got a few decisions, but since I've gone two pitchers, I don't really want to go pitching again, even though I would love to just stack. Can't build your team around only pitching. Yeah, clearly look at the the current Nats. So you got to look at who's been in our lineup and and who can contribute. It's not (laughs) many, but I'm going to go with the table setter and – there's a couple options. There's one way my heart's leaning. There's one way my Spit brain's it out. leaning. But <laughs> I think I, I think I got to go with Oof. Trey Turner's favorite Damn player. It. That was Anthony mine. Rendon. That was mine. Well, if you took Trey Turner's favorite player, Anthony Rendon, then I'm going to take Anthony Rendon's favorite player, Trey Turner. <laughs> no, I like think Trey is Trey's a unique <clears throat> player, and when he's at his best. He's a game changer. He, he if he's if he's hitting well and he can get on base, he he wrecks wreaks havoc on the base pass. He he's in the heads of the pitchers. It's just, he's stealing bases. He's he is yeah. great defensively. He's definitely to me the best shortstop we've had. And Desmond, I compared their numbers closely while I was researching for this segment. And Desmond, of course, had all the silver sluggers and he had, did a lot of great things. But I think Turner's Turner's got 
a higher ceiling. Yeah, I, I mean, I can agree with that. The only reason I didn't go Trey Turner is that for the point of this game, we don't know what his prime looks like. Yeah, like we've ter- never seen terrible it all come Amanda. together. Um, so. so- <laughs> I'm about to have the best, the best pick. <laughs> Whoa, family podcast there. Hey, it's it's a uh, half street after dark. You said it yourself. I don't know. <laughs> so I'm taking okay. the best player in the, in franchise history. He's a seven time silver slugger. Don't do it. Don't do He's it. He's a 13 time gold lover. He's an MVP, a 14 time All Star, a what? 2003 oh. World Series champion, and a Hall of Famer, Pudge Rodriguez. Wow. I get him. I wow. get him in his prime. Uh, I complete complete oversight by me. Boom. Jeez. I get Wait, him in his prime. I, I do up. you get him in his prime of his career? I thought you get him in his prime of his Nats years. I thought that's how we were gonna. No, no, no. prime. Yeah. Prime so prime. suck it. You took Chad. <laughs> well, his best year was as a Nat. <laughs> okay, don't don't be mad that your team sucks. My team's better than yours. Okay, I'm on the I clock don't think here. So. I don't. Um, oh, all right. Go. How go. many how many Hall of Famers do you have? That's what I thought. Harper, he's probably um, a Hall of Famer. Oh, so you? I never, it. I never denied it. Oh, <laughs> hold on, I you're on the clock. On Shut the up, clock. Time's, time's a waste. Oh, you're Googling. <laughs> <laughs> this is right. very professional. Oh, this is the I'm kind taking. of content people come here to discuss. All right, for. I mean, you guys are screwed. <laughs> I mean, I was just the guy came off to a hot start in his career. Um. Oh, man. I mean, I can't believe he's here. I got to take him. I'm going Zem, the other Zemmerman. Oh, wow. wow. Fourth round pick. It's not who hey, I man, thought you 2005 taking. to 2008 was pretty darn good. Yeah, I know District Dingers talks about it all the freaking time like it <laughs> happened yesterday. Wow. Talking trash. <laughs> Talking trash. Okay. I'm on the – Half street after <laughs> dark, baby. I'm on the clock here now. Okay, I'm torn between going – Setup guy, best setup guy in the history of the of the team, or the best yes, Clipper? or the best catcher in the history of the team. Well, I already took him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Brian's got a point. Hmm. I mean, I guess you could go Jesus Flores or Ryan Schneider. Ah, I'm so torn here. I'm going. God, I'm going Clippard. I'm taking Clippard. Wow. Okay. I mean. Bullpen. Yeah, I feel like bullpen. You, can't you can't, you there. It doesn't matter how good your pitching is if your bullpen sucks, as we know, to our sadness. Yeah. Right. So, so bringing up the last pick of this draft, I can't believe Strauss. You know, I, I thought about it. I, I did too. I, I can't but he is one full it. season of his career, so deal with that. I know. No, I, that's I mean, that's why the he's exact reason. I, I. That's exactly why <clears> I didn't take Trey, just because we haven't seen it all together. Um, so, and I love Strauss. I've always loved Strauss. So I really want to go him, but the one that sticks out to me is Daniel Murphy. I, that bat is something fierce. Uh, even though his glove isn't great, I don't have a first baseman on my team as currently constructed. Well, so like, the first base, since we only have four bad. players, we've all got a lot of so, positionally speaking. <laughs> exactly. So, and Daniel Murphy has one in his glove, but that's okay because he hits like 330 every single year. Um, prime of his career, though, and considering I have Max, and that kind of makes up for it, I think I got to go Daniel Murphy. I think having Rendon and Murphy is 
yeah. something that we miss severely. We honestly might miss Murphy more, more than, than Bryce. Bryce. Yeah. Dare I well, say it. I, I don't yeah. think that's a bad argument. I mean, if you think about what, you know, Murphy just hit, 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 hit all the time. And right. Always. Yeah. He and not so much out. with the, Literally yeah, the slugging never. obviously is not there like it is with Bryce. But, you know, if you just for on base percentage yeah. and, and, and that kind of thing, just you like, yeah, Bryce was your like prototypical scary bat, but I think pitchers were more afraid of Daniel Murphy. Yeah, because you have to basically pitch to contact to get him out, and the dude just is a hit machine. Yep. So I think I need someone like that on my team, regardless of the defense. So I'm going Daniel. Well, this Murphy. was a fun segment. I think it would be fun in another pod, maybe maybe in its own pod, to do like a 25 man roster out Oof. of former Nats. That Oof. would be fun. Wait, oh, Nick, I'm in. Who, who are your four people? Especially when they're out of the playoffs. <laughs> so, oh yeah, Larry. So let's let's recap our, our teams, and then uh, later in the week, once we give everyone a chance to listen to the pod, I'll uh, put put a poll of each of our teams, and uh, we can see who. Okay, wins. Okay, so who were your four, Nick? Um, all right. So I went Scherzer, Doolittle, Rendon, Daniel Murphy. All right. All right, and who do you have, Ryan? So, I have Alfonso Soriano, Jordan Zimmerman, Ivan Rodriguez, and Ryan Zimmerman. God, my team's so much better than yours. Rodriguez and <laughs> Ryan Zimmerman. The most surprising pick of the draft. All right. I did not think no, you were going to go Zimmerman, I. but I, I see why. I see why. All right. And I've got Turner. I'm trying to remember who I picked now because I was picking them all in the middle. Clifford, I got Cordero. Bryce, Trey, and Cordero. So y- Clifford. And he was my fourth one. Turner, Cordero, Clippard, Bryce. and Bryce. All right. Oof. All right. I've got him. I've got him written down since I know none of us are going to remember this. Well, I rewrote it down. So I remember <laughs> everything. Of course. All right. So we are now going to do, speaking of fun segments, we're going to do our fair <laughs> or foul segment, making its triumphant return. However, Run it back. we do that. Run it back. <laughs> oh. Hold, please. please. Let me do the uh, reminding all of you lovely listeners that we are doing this for the DMV Sports Network. They have a library of podcasts um, with shows about all the local teams, including, obviously, ours about the Nats. There's Redskins, Ravens, Caps, uh, Wizards, two mixed bag shows, the Dom and Thunder Show, and It's About Time DC, as well as the DMV Dispute. So please be sure to check them out. If you're a DC sports fan, there's tons of good stuff there. Um, You can find all of the links for all of them at the dmvsportsnetwork.com or just look for them wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's do it. Fair or foul? All right, fair or foul. Um, For those of you who did not listen during spring training, I am going to read off six statements. My lovely audience of Amanda and Nick will say (laughs) fair if they agree, foul if they disagree, and one short sentence. It's a quick fire segment. Um, It won't be a quick fire, but (laughs) nothing we do is. (laughs) So to get started off, I'm going to start with a great question. Fair or foul? Howie Kendrick has been the Nationals MVP so far. Foul. Ooh, foul. Why? Foul because it's Rendon. Well, Rendon's on the IL, so how much right. MVP is he? Well, if you look at his numbers before he went on the IL, it's not like he had, you know, okay, he, he okay. got hit by a pitch. He's the he's the MVP so far. Okay, okay. So I argue Kendrick because one, unlike Rendon, Kendrick doesn't ditch the team and it's time to so he got hit by first a of pitch. All, first of all, first of all, excuse me for my time to talk. <laughs> Secondly, 
when s- certain third basemen on the team ditch the team, Kendrick fills in the third base position, which is not his primary position, mind you. And he does so without complaining, continuing his production at the plate. He is off to a torrid start. And I will sorely miss him when the Nats trade him <laughs> at the deadline because they will be out of it. All right. Well, did you just say basements? I just want to clear that up. Did you say third basements? Pretty sure you did. Ha, nerd. All right. <laughs> Moving on. No Fair proof. or foul. <clears throat> Patrick Corbin has been the signing of the offseason thus far. Fair. Uh, I mean, if you're saying signing, it's fair. Uh, move of the offseason. I don't know. What would you think was better? I mean, I think obviously he's the the big name signing um, and I have no problem with what he's produced so far. But just when you look at all the other holes we've had or had in the offseason, what we've done, I think a case could be made for Adams. Um, I think honestly, Bearclaw as inconsistent and crazy as it is to see him pitch i think he's been kind of a semi-bright spot in it otherwise yeah, but he's not a better bullpen. signing than corbin i'm never said he was i'm just saying this is my thought process i mean corbin we said this before corbin can't go complete game like every single time out and so i mean our problem in the past and still is is our bullpen so having what sort of looks to be like some foundation to build on other than Doolittle with Bearclaw is a huge thing. It's no thing to shrug off. And maybe I'm just like kind of just used to good pitching or at least good pitching at the the front half of our, our rotation. So maybe I'm just not as appreciative of it as I should be. But I'm just so thankful to have some other competent bullpen arm that I like Bearclaw, but no, I mean, I'm not trying to take. Yeah, away he's from arguably by any been means. the best starter we've had so far. I mean, Max is. Oh, Jeremy yeah. Alexson, come on. Hey, I I like Alexson, and actually Sanchez has been shaky at times, but for a fourth starter, has been quite competent. And uh, you know, I think Corbin has been the obvious best signing of the offseason. And while you could make the argument that they should spread the money around the team more than concentrating it all in the top three of their starting rotation, and I would be you know, open to that argument. I, I don't think there's any doubt that he's been worth, he's been worth the money. Actually, you know what? I'm going to say foul and I'm going to say Kurt. Mm, that's a good one. That's a good one. That is a good one. All right. Well, that Thank was you. a really quick take segment on that one. Yeah. Our next uh, one. <laughs> keeping it quick. Yep. Fair Nailed or foul. It. The nationals will be good for dead after the current road trip. They already are. Mm, Next question. I'm going fair on this with a caveat, which is it obviously depends on the record they have on the road trip. I mean, that's the whole well, point. What I'm this. saying, like, if you're if you're thinking they're going to lose seven so, of ten, then so yes. you're both. Yes. All right, all right, all right. You There's know what? Don't boss me. I can do whatever I want. This is America. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes, I Mom. thought this was America. <laughs> All right, fair or foul, Carter Keboom proved his future is at second base and not shortstop. Foul, because he proved his future is at Fresno right now. 
Ooh, I like it. <laughs> it's not the future I know, wow. but all right. <laughs> he's not ready. Yeah. I like oh, Kibum. I think he's going to be a good. I think he's going to be a good solid major leaguer, but he is not there yet. His defense is woeful, and he needs to go back to Fresno for a while and figure it out. Amy after dark. Um, I, I mean, I think it's there just because I don't see him taking over short over Trey. So yeah, I don't think I his mean, I don't think his think future was fair. ever at shortstop. Trey Turner is here, and nobody's going to take that job from yes. him that we currently have on our radar. Yeah, unless I mean this would involve moving Rendon, unless they want to move him to third, but. I know. I think second base is more likely. Option. I don't know if those two could live without each other. They're going to have to keep them both. I guess. <laughs> oh, it's it's, it's going to be a tearjerker when Trace is bad to run. Yes, yes. If, if. <laughs> when. All right, fair or foul, the Nationals' offense and defense are truly the biggest concerns <laughs> for this team. Uh, yes, both both sides of the ball. Um, I think that's, that's fair. not a yes or no question. It's a fair <laughs> or foul question, Amanda. Uh, Fair. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I'm still going to say foul. I still think it's the manager. Okay. 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 Well, I mean, I think we've agreed on a single one yet. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it up. All right. Yes. And the last question of this incredible segment, fair or foul? Kevin Long is who the Nationals really need to fire. Foul. It's Davey. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess it's kind of like same different answer same result sort of thing uh well or just insert why not both get but, here like let's get rid of them both yeah, ba- yeah. basically <laughs> okay let us those oh, um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah i think kevin <laughs> <is> still laughing <laughs> Kevin Long is definitely a, a problem. I mean, there's not been one shred of evidence to the contrary ever since he got here. I I mean, there's well-documented success with Daniel Murphy, but that was while he was with the Mets, and there hasn't been any other supporting evidence to that claim since. Um, so, yeah, I think he is a problem, but when you're saying who really needs to be fired, it's still Davey. It's always yeah, going to be Davey. Yeah, agreed. I think we actually have an agreement on one. Okay. Oh, you, you didn't get called hot. Well, segment, the night so. is young. We'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let's move on to our Twitter questions. We've got quite a few this week. Thank you to all of you who sent in your questions. We really appreciate it. Um, our first one we got is from at Harvey JMPR. Who says, why do the baseball gods hate us so much? Um, because yes. Nats Park was uh, built on an old ancient burial ground. And I just watched the poltergeist. <laughs> so that's going to happen. And Davey's mm-hmm. going to get sucked through his computer. Go to the light, Davey. <laughs> anyway, I think it's because Rendon's mullet is gone. So that's my. Ooh. Yeah. I think that's the problem. I don't have a funnier answer, so, so right. next question. <laughs> so moving on. All right, the next one is from at H Rooney eight, who said, "With all these injuries, should the Nats consider Kemp could fill in for now and be a good bench bat once everyone is healthy?" 
Um, no, because I only like guys who have healthy ribs and not guys who have broken ribs. And also, he's going to go back to the Dodgers. Huh. So you're a rib bigot, is how it sounds to me. <laughs> only like... <laughs> no, I'm really no, big no, on this no, whole no. brain. We love Chili's. We, we yeah. are a Chili's podcast. I had ribs we for love dinner. Ribs. Um, and those ribs were incredibly healthy. Thanks for asking. But he's a future yeah, Dodger. Exactly. Like, we all know he's going back there. Yeah, I agree. I don't think he's a. I don't know. I don't think he's a good fit. I, yeah, there are some guys that can. And I, I, don't there, think, I don't think he's the right one. And I don't think outfield is exactly the position we want to add no. in either. I mean, granted, I don't love Taylor or Stevenson, but I mean, I mean, Kemp is just honestly dead money because you're not going to start him, and there's really no spot in yeah. the rotation for him it's not like he provides and if they're defense, gonna try to bring somebody else so. in i would much rather it be an infielder yeah right exactly. or a first baseman <laughs> can't <laughs> yeah. resist that you, you can't resist baseman. the digs that ryan's here um, he gets hurt they have zero first baseman right now <laughs> they do have nuns nuns first baseman at the moment they've got yeah that seems like it could be a problem all right, and uh, at one lovely lady C, who is always good for sending in the Twitter questions, says, do we actually expect the new pitching coach to make a difference? From what I understand, he has been around for a while, yet we talk about how weak our pitcher development is. This is a great one. So I actually don't think it's going to make any difference because it's just a good point. We, we always, you know, are kvetching about how awful the Nats are at developing and, and keeping pitchers in their system who, you know, can perform and then they leave here and they, they do so well other places. And uh, if he's the guy who's had his hands on every single pitcher through our system, I don't know that he's going to make any difference now that he's at the major league level. Yeah, that, that's a fair point. Um, considering he was with the, uh, the minor league or in the minor league system with the pitchers. So yeah, it definitely contributes to that point. And you just look at someone like Mike Maddox, who in a short time here, seemingly made a, a big impact on on uh, who he worked with. So uh, in theory, you would like that to repeat itself and would like the new pitching coach to make a, a positive impact on what we currently have. Uh, but he certainly has his work cut out for him, and there's no real optimism other than you fired the guy that wasn't yeah. working. So I don't know. I, I, I don't think that's the answer if that's what the question is. So I think there's a lot more, but I mean, it wasn't the wrong thing to do either. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of people who did not like uh, Lil Quest. Um, and there was a lot of complaints from him within the organization. A lot of talks about miscommunication. So if he comes in and he fixes those complaints and actually communicates with the staff and the coaches, I think it'll prove. I mean, the rotation's good. Uh, Bearclaw and Doolittle are solid. Tony Sitt's been solid lately. So, I mean, I think, I mean, they can only go up, right? Right. <laughs> like, Nowhere to go yeah. but up. And, I mean, right. There's certain pitchers like Scherzer and, I mean, probably even Strauss and Corbin and probably Doolittle as well, where they just get, they know themselves so well that they can kind yeah. of self diagnose and a pitching coach can only do so much for them. Granted, like, it's always valuable input but they just know themselves so well they know kind of know what they're doing wrong based on how hard they're throwing or where their pitch is going and whatnot um i saw a great video of scherzer explaining how uh he needed to shorten his arm action and that's kind of why he's 
uh, reverted back to what he's been able to do recent um, in past years because he just knows himself that well. He kind of can self-diagnose whether it's in the moment or looking at tape or whatever it may be. Um, so the pitching coach's real uh, impact is going to be with those guys, the younger guys that need to figure out how they are as major leaguers and where they can be effective. And for uh, this guy's name is escaping me, but who, the new guy? yeah, no, 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 the, the new pitching coach who was with us in the mic. Yeah. I mean, the fact that he's been with the pitchers in the minors, it doesn't really inspire optimism considering that's who he's going to need to really have an impact. Yeah. With and like you said, successful. a lot of those really so. good pitchers are able to do their own preparation and their own, you know, their own co- they coach themselves essentially, but you know yeah. what, what you need yeah. is the 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 shakier guys, the guys who are having problems, who are struggling. They need, right. and if this guy has been the one who's been working with all the guys who come up and are shaky, then I, I guess I just I don't understand why Maddox isn't still here. And if he's not, if he's not somewhere, they need to they need to call him right now and get him back. He's in St. Louis. Who's doing really well? well yeah, he's in yeah Damn he's it. doing well in St. Louis. But it was it was just dumb like. And that was the thing with, well, firing, not re-signing Dusty is like everyone wasn't concerned about Dusty. They were concerned about Mike yeah. Maddox because we we knew what the pitching was without him. We knew what it was with him. And we really didn't want to see him go. And was, like I think it was two days after they announced they weren't bringing back Dusty, Maddox got scooped up by the yeah. Cardinals. So, And k- kudos to them. They made the right move. But that was just one of the, the but it's just, it's another example of how the, the, the learners don't seem to value good coaching and be willing to pay for it. And no matter right. how much talent you bring right. in, if you don't have good coaches, it's not going to reach its potential. Okay. Yep. At nationals post send in this question, who is going to be the sole member <laughs> confidence representing the Nats in Cleveland for the all-star game. So all the crappy teams get one reliever. So I'm going to say Sean Dulo. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna probably go right Rendon. Answer. I think he gets I mean, his first All Star berth this bold. year. If he gets back, if he gets back, yeah. And, and and that's my only thing is like because they're doing the the All Star. Yeah. I mean, like days, Rendon deserves right? it, but that's, I don't see it happening. He deserves. He's just deserved it every single year, but he hasn't gotten it when it's the normal way. So now they're doing it into like a full on election day, and what makes you, he can't win a final vote like. He always comes in fourth or fifth in the final vote. What makes you think he's going to beat out every single other player? Well, because there has to be one spot. from the Nats, and I think in a year when you know if the if the Nats are continuing to suck, then you know this is the one that makes sense. If you look at the Nats and go, okay, we have to pick somebody. Rendon to me is the obvious well, choice. I'll tell you why it won't happen. No, I think I think it's going to be Doolittle because Nolan Arenado is a shoe in and the Cubs have a massive fan base and Chris Bryant's going to make be an all-star like yeah, oh, and it's, it's going to be awesome. like the same thing it's going to be the same thing as the year the Royals fans stuffed the ballot and you had like seven Royals starting the all-star game it's going to be like that it's going it's a, even more so than years past it's a popularity contest and the Nats for several reasons one being they're still a new uh, fan base, Rendon's not going to win a vote like that. Sure, so but... I think if you're looking at the one, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. This is just what we're looking at with the election type setup they're doing. The one sole representative is, like Ryan said, usually a reliever. 
and Doolittle was an all-star last year, so it's kind of like sort of building off that, and I think Doolittle's the answer. Um, but I can also see Scherzer mm-hmm. or Corbin or even Strauss going on a tear. Yeah. And them I've, be getting I thought into, it would be a neat idea right now when they do this. You know, they always have the final vote where the fans vote and all that. I would love it if they had one player on the team that gets selected by the other players. Like one player who's voted well, there's... by – like well, captains, yeah, they have the player vote, and the players uh, choose the reserves every single year. It's so, like the years past, the fans would get the starters, and then the 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 players would vote for everyone else. I do like the new format, but it kind of just screws like the smaller fan bases. Yeah, agreed. And the yeah, thing is, the Nats are sure. a newer fan base, but they're also a smaller fan base if you just look geographically at where, yeah. you know, when you shoehorn a new team into an area that already rooted for other teams you've, you know, kind of by definition going to have a smaller fan base. And I think that's likely to always be the case for the Nats. Okay. Yep. Last one is at Trey Hive is how do you expect this team to do when Trey Rendon Soto return? So when, when they return 500, there's going to be the little bit of grace period for them to get everything back. The offense will be better. The bullpen's still going to be God awful. Yeah. So I'm I'm going to put like a, a number on it cuz I've just been kind of generally saying some things about my uh pessimism towards the rest of the season. I think the Nats finish with a worse record Ooh. than they did last year. You think they're in the 70s? Yeah, so they were 82 and 80 last year, so I think 80 wins would kind of be a blessing. Wow. Well, again, I'm not prepared to extrapolate that from where we are right now because of because of the injuries i think when we get everybody back and healthy i think they can they can win a lot more games than what they're winning now but it the question is will all these games they lost in april and may be enough to doom the season and maybe it will but i don't think they're going to maintain this kind of pace and lose this many games throughout the season all right Fair. wait wrong segment <laughs> sorry <laughs> all right no okay i thought it was pretty funny all right and the best part of the week the worst tweet of the week is congratulations to mr at dennis m hunter you win this week's competition and this is the tweet adrian is a shortstop Keyboom is not commas sir are your friend major league hitters will find the holes wherever we have them Putting those holes on the sides of the field gives us the foul lines to help. What? Adrian at short, Defoe at second, Noel at third, Dozier on the bench, Keyboom at Fresno. Clearly, this guy, one, does not. Uh, no, this offense. guy is just a freaking genius. <laughs> Clearly. What is, what is putting those holes on the sides of the field gives us the foul lines to help? What does this mean? Um. So basically, he's saying if you have your weaker defensive guys, oh, I see, gives us the so they have less ground to cover. Everyone puts first basemen are the worst defenders on the field because not a single first baseman has a positive defensive war. So that's got stupid. Um, (laughs) Easy. Oh, oh, oh. (laughs) Um, Did you see the worst tweet of the week? Adrian at short, Defoe at second, (laughs) and Jake Knoll at third. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, what? Is what? <laughs> I don't know what Adrian's done that like has 
inspired this much defense or like rallyment behind him. Like, geez, if he, this was true, then like, who, and has this guy forgotten about Dre? There's so many <laughs> questions I have. Number one, how dare you? Like, well, anyway, I don't know about that. Now, those lineup suggestions do not seem prudent to me. Um, and I, I don't know if this is supposed to be a while everybody's still injured thing. I'm not really sure. But anyway, it's a bad tweet. So congratulations, Dennis. Um, well, he's the winner. The winner of the worst tweet of the week award. He's the biggest loser. All right. Well, now that we're done insulting our insulting the people we talk to on Twitter. Wait, wait, wait. I think we're that's done? it. You guys got anything else? No, I'm just saying I'm, oh, I'm not I'm done so- insulting the, I see. the fans. No, I just meant like in, in the future. Oh, like, okay, I'm not going to stop. So if you like to be abused, <laughs> yeah. this is the place to come. So please send us tweets and we'll make fun of you on our podcast. Yeah. All right. So if you guys don't have anything more, then that will do it for us here. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Thank you, as always, for listening. Please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and uh, leave us a review if you uh, have a few minutes. We'd appreciate it. You can find me on Twitter, Amanda, at AWhite7877. You can find Nick and Ryan at DC Natchak, And you can find the pod at Half Street High Heat. Don't forget to check out the DMVSportsNetwork.com and follow them on Twitter as well at DMV underscore SN. And if you're interested in being part of the DMV Sports Network team, they're always looking for both writers and podcasters. So you can reach out to them via DM on Twitter. You can check the website or you can shoot them an email at DMVSportsNetwork at Outlook.com. Thanks for listening, and uh, we will talk to you all next week. I love you guys. (laughs) I'm going to go watch Later. Later. Give me the bridge now. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.